and welcome to another episode of Crystal Meth Podcast. And today Ooh. we're going yet again under the sea, but not necessarily all the time because there's some creatures that don't live in the sea permanently. They can be amphibious. Merfolk, mer creatures, not and mermaids. Then. <laughs> <laughs> mermaids have been done to death fuck the mermaids can you fuck them i don't know there's that age-old question of would you if you could fuck a mermaid would you rather have a, a fish-headed woman or man or a man or a woman with a tail a fish tail and a top a bare top you know like a human torso and i always say i'd rather fuck a, a fish with a like like with human legs and genitalia and a fish head because <laughs> at least you can have a little bit of fun no i think Unless i'd rather fuck a standard mermaid in the but how where's our holes uh do they not just have like w- fish fertilize eggs by spoofing out sperm from a wee tiny hole somewhere yeah but you don't need to have penetrative sex to have fun that's what that t-shirt that we everywhere says you could suck its dick you could stroke it you could i don't know have a titty fuck with it there's many a female you could have more fun with that i mean i don't know if i could but well you wouldn't but i, I get I what you mean in theory <laughs> i know but and then think about it right a fish mouth would probably be good better at sucking on things than a man's mouth yeah but it would i'm getting sense. really fucking deep into this uh, <laughs> sorry listeners i'm just you must think i'm such a freak <laughs> <laughs> i'm like oh i'd love a fish mouth to suck on my tits like do you know what i mean that's fucked <laughs> probably i mean it's not it's not not fucked <laughs> have you seen lampreys you don't want that sucking on you because that'll burrow into you and suck your blood now we're just shagging actual sea creatures yeah we are yeah we don't <laughs> want to do that no but then there have been women that have sort of sexually stimulated dolphins and one of them got so and was so in love with the i don't know if it was in love with her but he liked having a wank off her for so much that when she actually got taken away from peter the dolphin it deliberately killed itself because Aww. it was sad yeah that's just evil isn't it and the whole reason why they were basically are mermen, so I guess, yeah. What were mermen and mermaids generally like? What is you probably think they're real, Mark? Even though last week we were very skeptical. I'm <laughs> saying you don't believe in magical powers. But last week we were talking about nonsense. This week we're back right. to facts. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, what did the uh, mermaids and mermen general like? What would be the James Randi explanation for people seeing? mermaids i've got one i've got one as well. you do yours so, first one of them which seems quite logical for women is that it was just women with who were really really good at diving for shells and sponges and they yeah. could use okay. them with mer- mermaids sorry my massive gap there because it was like oh that kind of ties in with one of my oh is it? That, but i'm not going to do that one first i'm going to tell you my right. i think okay. like the one that's quite commonly thought of is that it was manatees which seems crazy yeah i don't get that well, quite fat and I found in my research that the earliest descriptions of mermaids are actually descriptions of chimeras and they What's are described as having the tail of a fish, the body of a beautiful Rubenesque woman, 
and a broad lioness's head, which basically is a description of humanity. I suppose, yeah. But yeah. Not, a, a lion's head is a bit more ferocious than what a, a manatee is. Yeah, but if you saw manatee's head coming up out of the water, I could see how you could they be like... They might oh. think it's a lion. Yeah, it's like got a lion's head, but it's much broader than a normal lion. It's not got a mane, it would be a lioness. But it's much broader, so I I could. So they might just be manatees. But then some of the stories have got work with your diver thing, maybe, but definitely don't work with them being manatees. It also says they might derive from signs of uh, dugons. What the fuck is a dugon? It's just another name for a manatee. Oh, is it? Oh, it's a different type of manatees. Because they are so widespread from like Asia over to like North and South America, Judong and, and Australia and New Zealand, Judong, oh. manatees and mm. um, sea cows are all just the same animal. It's just different well, names for them. I can see a picture of a dugon here and at an angle, I suppose if you're looking down into the water, it would kind of look a bit like a woman with dangly breasts, like the fins look like sort of pendulous boobs. And yeah, I can see like the tail looks like the mermaid style and the head could be, yeah, it could be (laughs) a woman's head, I suppose. So I'd see, I can understand why they maybe thought that. And because they're quite slow and graceful, perhaps, and they don't have a fin, you know, like a shark fin or anything like that, I suppose that that would be why they would maybe confuse them with. And I suppose with not having that fin, it would look like a woman's back. And again, I think part yeah. of the issue is that they're back. talking about like a Rubenesque beauty, whereas yes, because obviously it's been modernised, they're like, it's a beautiful woman. So she's a size zero and she's got like massive, like buoyant massive, tits. Massive and it's like, mm. but in the 15th <laughs> century, no one was like, she was so sexy. She was about to kill over and die. <laughs> like that yeah. wasn't a thing. They liked her more curvaceous bitch back yeah. then. Mm-hmm. Well, Okay, well, um, where do we go from here? Where do we go now? <laughs> Under the water, <laughs> under the sea. There's so many different. I thought, oh God, wait, how we've already sort of covered this by deep, deep in the ocean when we were talking about sea bishops and things like that. I was yes. like, what possibly else can I find about you know like mere people or like mere folk? So I was looking into mere folk, and surprisingly, it took me to China where it says that there were certain fantastical types of fish which are referred to as renu and they're human fish they're not like mermaids they're just more like fish with like human attributes like the face of a human but the body of a fish which I think is fucking weird <laughs> I think you know like catfish they've got you know sometimes catfish are portrayed as stereotypical Asians or have you never heard that before you know, because they've got the Fu Manchu type moustaches, catfish do. Yeah, I suppose. So maybe that's where they're getting, where Chinese mythology came from with the, the Rengu fish. I don't know. Again, Rengu, catfish right? can get quite big and have quite broad faces. So I can yeah. kind of see how you could be like, oh, that looks like my Uncle Jim. Described in the Bei Shanjing classic of the North Mountains, that's what that uh, translates to. Uh, they dwell. How can they dwell in a mountain? What the fuck's that? Or oh, in the water? Maybe there's mountains that have rivers running around them. I suppose that's possible. Yeah. 
Uh, or lakes they, in between them. Yeah, well, they do resemble catfish. So they pres- but they possess four legs and they've got a voice like a baby crying. Well. Oh, <laughs> yeah. it's quite horrid. But if you eat these people, like oh, eat these people, that's horrible. I don't eat fit something that sounds like a baby crying. That's awful. That's no, probably no, why they should be that's right. Because they didn't want to be eaten, you know, like cats meow at you in a babyish way to manipulate you into loving them. Maybe that's what these fish things started doing because people would eat them. Because eating the fish, <laughs> this makes me laugh so much, it purportedly cured idiocy. <laughs> 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 Maybe you should feed them to some of the kids in your school. Or dementia. Or <laughs> 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 How dare you? My pupils are wonderful. Yeah. Mostly. Mostly. Or if you've got dementia, it could cure dementia, which is probably a better uh, reason to eat these fish baby things. I don't know, though. I I mean, I think morally speaking, should you eat another sentient being just because you have dementia? Probably not. Yeah, I don't think that was right. Um, They were also known as child fish, which makes it doubly disturbing to me. (laughs) Like, It sounds like eat a child. And then cure your dementia. A bit like in the Book of Mormon where they say if you um, rape a baby, it'll cure you of your AIDS. That's fucked up. <laughs> the other type called the Niyu is elaborated in a separate section. It has been noted by the Lishan Zen that the character of the Niyu fish consists of the fish and child. Um, the Oh, okay. So they, they're saying that they, they possibly could be confused with newts or a giant Chinese salamander. As in the rational explanation for them. So what's worse? I like when you find the rational explanation for things. Yeah, because they're not kind of makes sense, but also kind of doesn't. Like I like the idea that, especially having a pet salamander, that a larger version of Baby Yoda, that's right, Right. not Baby Yoda, named by the myth child, were to crawl out a pond, you'd be like half child, half sea creature. Like no. I get the half fish read. I don't get the half child read. Right, well, I'll send you a picture, Mark, of the fish that made me laugh a lot because it does look like an Asian stereotype fish. Uh, there you go. It's just so you know what I'm talking about. So this is called the Chiru, or the red roo fish, and it's got the face of a sort of elderly catfish-like oh. Japanese guy. Oh, it's, I think it. it's not as Chinese. Again, though, <laughs> I do get your earlier point. Like, that... <laughs> Also, without any points underneath it, if somebody just said, here's a picture of a catfish I've drawn, I'd be like, yeah, it looks like a catfish. Oh, well, there are fish that do have human-like teeth. Have you seen them? They're fucking Yeah, weird. they're creepy, aren't they? Yeah, or you've got fish that eye, if their eyes face the front instead of the side. So I suppose you, if you've seen one of them, you'd think it was some sort of weird human-fish hybrid. I don't This fish, right, the Chiru, it's found in the Xing Kuashan, which translates as, now don't laugh at this, Mark, because, you know, I've got, like, ties to this Greenhouse Mountain. <laughs> 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 I told you not to laugh. It's because I'm from Greenhills and he's Bride, so uh, according, and there's a version of Greenhills in China where all these human fish things live. Uh, oh, it has a human face and it issues sounds like the Mandarin Duck. Mm-hmm. I don't know what a mandarin duck sounds like. 
I guess I'll just need to look it up and find out. Less no, I'm not sure. I'm under, I just assumed it would sound like other ducks. Yeah, why would a fish sound like a duck, though? I don't really know. And if you eat that, it, present, it prevents scabies or itchy skin. I'm finding it odd that the devouring of these creatures is um, <laughs> providing goodness because and the stuff I was looking at with uh, the, the old mare folk, it was saying that it's generally accepted amongst, or it was generally accepted amongst like British sailors in the 1400s and thereabouts, that basically if you in any way fucked a mare man or woman over or a mare creature over, like that was you cursed for life. So like that in China they're just like fucking munching on them. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit like that stereotype that Chinese people will literally eat anything, you know. But I kind of like the idea that if I went to the chippy, right, and ordered like haddock, battered haddock, that it would magically cure me of, I don't know, the cold or something. Or weepy eyes. I like that each individual fish there have some sort of cure but then that yeah, get, escalates into like eating like, like are they thinking files. of it as like a sentient being though like um I is don't... it magical because it looks like a human <laughs> or does it actually have human attributes because i get what you're saying i'm putting my vegetarianism on things like if it's just a fish that looks a bit like a person and it cures dementia then i suppose it's fine to eat it but if it's a fish that can think and feel and has like actual proper like cognitive mean. abilities yeah. Well, there's the flood dragon people or the shark people. They appear in medieval rites in China. Um, well, the shark people or the flood dragon people. Both of them. Okay. Well, they're in mythical in their myths. Uh, it's a southern mermaid or merman, but they're shark people and flood dragon people, whatever. And they were it was recorded in Renfang Shui records of strange things. So like the ancient Chinese X Files. Which I, I really want to read. Yeah, that <laughs> what else have they got in there? And it's there's a quote from it says, In the mists of the South Sea are the houses of the cow uh, people who dwell in the water like fish, but have not given up weaving at the loom. Their eyes have the power to weep, but what they bring forth is perils. So they, they cry perils and they Ooh. like to weave clothes. So I think you would like them quite a, a bit. I mean, they sound fabulous. I don't know if you eat them. They do sound fabulous. I mean, they can weep perils and then they can probably weave the perils into their clothes, you know, like a pearl, or not just jewellery. Similar passages appear in other texts, such as the Bowoozy Treaties of Manifold, as weeping tears that become perils. These aquatic people supposedly spun a type of raw silk, mermaid silk, or mermaid women's silk, I don't know why they have to add that in, uh, which equates this with sea silk, the rare fabric woven from byssus filaments produced by penshell mollusks. So that's a rational explanation for it, which is less fun. And then we get to Japan. The Ningjio, human fish of Japan, has a history in the country's literary record. Its earliest references in the Nikon Shoki uh, for the year 619, reign of Empress. Oh, they've got an Empress. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Sukio do not specifically use the term Ningjo, and the thing appeared in fresh water and may be presumed to be, again, a giant salamander. Oh, okay. Later accounts claim that the Empress's regent, Prince Shotoku, 
knew the creature to be a Ningo when one was presented to him by representatives of Omi. The appearance of the human fish was strongly associated with ill omen and later treatments of the prince's account with the human fish. So that's more like your British version where they're saying that, no, this thing is like, maybe don't fuck with it. Yeah, um, then that seems again almost kind of like the first ones are like, do what you want with it and you'll get luck. Mm. And this one's like, don't even be nice to it and you'll get bad luck. So they're both like polar opposites of the British one, which is a nice they're same, middle ground. It's basically same, like, be nice, yeah. it's all good, be a wank, you're getting cursed. Yeah, well, you'll love Mama Watu though, because she does something that's... It, she's She reminds me of old Greg, in a way. During the Kamakura period... The, the Ningyo of the marine sort were frequently reported. They wash ashore and they were taken to be signs usually prefiguring bloody battles. So if you found them on the shore, a bit like the, what is that fish? Is it called the oak? No, the oar fish. And there's really long, thin fish that appear near the shore when there's earthquakes going to happen. It's kind of similar to that, I'd say. It doesn't really discuss what they look like, just that they're human-type fish. There's not really mm. much uh, more information other than that they're sort of like uh, European sirens, sort of like that. And that's really all I've got about Asian mythology on merfolk. I uh, enjoyed that. It was very interesting. Yeah. There's Talk so much that. more, but why don't you tell us about the mermaids? <laughs> okay. Oh, right. No, you don't need to. You can just yeah. No, want. I shall. To be fair, I've done the. I've kind of skipped by the. I've not, I've not got the obvious in my notes because I'm assuming everybody knows what a mayor maiden and a mayor man is. But I've just kind of looked you, at like different ideas from around Britain. Well, do you think they think of the Hans Christian Andersen type mermaid or the Disney Little Mermaid? That's a uh, literally my first note. Or Peter Pan. There's is mermaids the and Peter Pan. What? Uh, mythological historians know that there was a, a sizable shift from the majority of a mythological belief in Britain being warnings about sirens to the majority of beliefs being a uh, Hans Christian Anderton Ander Anderson you think I could say that that's my surname <laughs> no how dare you? Hans Christian Anderson. I think it's because it was triple barrel. My mouth got very confused. Did you know that um, Hans Christian Anderson had a book whereby every time he had a wank, he would make a, a note of it? Because he was like, all the Andersons. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> <It's> true. <laughs> <laughs> you dick. And you and your wank diary. Yeah, it's a tradition of the Andersons to all have we're presented as soon as you hit like, <laughs> 11 or 12, you're presented with your first wank diary. Always an awkward anyway. conversation in the Anderson yeah. household. But... Yeah, it's always a strange time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. 14. Yeah. So uh, in the 1400s, most recordings of mare sightings were sirens although, or were reported to basically be sirens that were trying to lure you and curse you, although there were still reports of people seeing the beautiful, fabulous mermaids, but by the turn of the 20th century, basically all reports of mermaid sightings in Britain were of the beautiful, kind ones that you would only get cursed if you were fucking them about. Oh, what about mermen? Is it only women? Um, 
kind of both. It varies from area to area. So like southern coastal areas in Britain had legends of both and didn't really have any legends of sirens. But their mermaids tales were always about beautiful, gentle creatures who were looking for love. They would like come ashore on the south coast, rest on the rocks and try to find like a handsome sailor to marry. Whereas all their stories of mermen were about them being like ugly and brutish and uncouth and like overly <laughs> lustful. And they'd basically come ashore and be like rapey and you'd have to try and get them to stay away oh. from your village and leave the women alone. And I've actually seen something here that says, yeah, mermen are described as wilder and uglier than mermaids and they don't give a shit about humans. Yeah, like bad bastards. Oh, OK. But that doesn't that's not consistent anywhere. I have a I do, I do like a bad boy. I'll get to my sexy story that I think you'll be into. When I was reading Ooh. that, I was like, this is a fantasy I didn't know I had. I'll get um, my wank book out. Yeah, you better get my <laughs> wank book out. <laughs> uh, other interesting thing that I found out is that it was generally accepted as fact throughout the British Isles that merfolk existed up until around about the mid-19th century when people started to question it. So up until that point, just everyone was like, aye, mermaids, real. Maybe they are Maybe. But I like that just everyone, like 99% of people were like, well, we know there are mermaids and mermen. Oh, OK. Um, so some <laughs> sightings that I think you might enjoy. Uh, this one isn't a long one, but just because it's like fairly recent. So in 1947, I say fairly recent, but you know what I mean? And in, mm. in the history of people believing in well, mythological 1947 beings. is fairly recent. Yeah. There's still people alive today who were born in 1947. So Yeah. So there was a fisherman on the Isle of Muck who claimed that he had encountered a mermaid on the shores of the marina as he was uh, returning home combing her hair. That is the full story. Apparently it was a very casual report. They always was... hold a comb in a mirror, don't they? Yeah. Why? Did you find out? No. Oh, okay. Sorry. Fine, I that's my question. It is repeated <laughs> often. I can't check, so no. Uh, I mean, obviously they would have a comb to comb their hair, but what's the matter all about? Um, well, I suppose to look at themselves. Or maybe to like, look over their shoulders, because they are apparently ah, yeah, yeah. on shore trying to spot a hottie. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it's a hottie spotty mirror. That didn't really work, did it? My main thoughts in um, reading about the the mermaids before I get to my merman sightings is like I really want somebody to make like a um, lesbian period piece mermaid film. Don't know why. Oh. Just think that would be great. Just write some fan fiction. Oh well. Good. I'm going to do that. I mean, it's all the rage now, anyway. Lesbian female-centered <laughs> lesbian films, yeah. Yeah. I'm going okay. to write one. There we go. Right, that's my plan for next week. I mean, Not why didn't this Disney next week? I'm just going to start remake. writing it. Yeah, why didn't Disney remake The Little Mermaid as not just a black woman but a lesbian as well? Like. The prince I in that really film. wish they'd done that cause they, no, because uh, the amount prince of was that insane people went about her being black. Like, imagine she was I lesbian. really wanted. To, uh, do you know what would have been a good twist if, if uh, <laughs> you know how Ursula became quite a hot woman as well in it? Yes. If Ariel decided, do you know what? Oh, actually, that would be wrong because that's her auntie, isn't it? Shit. I was going to say she hooked up with Ursula, but I don't know what their sort of sexual. Uh, taboos are in you know like Atlantia whether you can hook up with your auntie in the fish world <laughs> oh god I'm starting this again Mark my now I made it even more elaborate <laughs> in my head like 
Ariel then fires into her, but then she explains that she's her auntie and she was cast out of the palace. Then Ariel's like, well, now I understand why you're so angry. And then yeah. they make friends. And then Eric's like, let's get married. But then Ariel's like, no, and falling in love with my own aunt, I've realised that actually I'm a lesbian. <laughs> you're useless. I've had to rescue you twice already. And you're just a bit of a wet fish. Oh, no, no irony there, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Flounder. <laughs> Didn't yeah. mean to use fish hate speech. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, you're not for me. Plus, you know, you were adopted, so that's weird. Because he was. <laughs> yeah, they were all different races. Apparently, he washed he washed up ashore. No, because it was a black. It was run by black people. Like it was a black island, obviously, because it's in the Caribbean somewhere. Yeah. And I'm like, how come he's white and his mum's black and his dad? Well, you don't see his dad, do you? What is going on there? And then she said, not a sea gave you to me for, so we just adopted you and I was like well that's a bit weird like surely there'd be loads of kids that would be washed up ashore not just him so why is it why is it just him I also, think about these things too much as a mere person like if you get washed ashore and you stay long enough you turn into a human no he's not a mere person he's just some kid that got in a shipwreck or something and then the queen decided to keep him nah I've decided okay. he's a mere person everyone's right. a lesbian and he's a mere person <laughs> Queen, also a lesbian. And he's also gay, so he realises that he likes mermen. There you go. Yes. <laughs> big gay. And then it ends with a wedding, but it's the Queen and Ursula's wedding. Beautiful. And then, um, what's his name? Eric marries King Triton. <laughs> okay. Family. Yeah. Because Triton's played by Javier Bardem, who looks yeah, really bored stunning. the entire movie. He is hot, but he doesn't look like he's enjoying himself in the movie, and I think it's because he doesn't have like a hot man. That's probably as why most people when you don't have a hot guy to winch <laughs> look very sad. Except for lesbians. Yeah, anyway, so that was quite a big tangent. I'm glad we've rewritten that film. Oh, that was, that my was second sighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, my second sighting isn't really a sighting, so I lied. Um, You're saying that as if you physically seen a mermaid there, I got really excited because you live in um, where Stranraer, which is near the sea, and they have like festivals. I thought you were generally going to say that you'd met a mermaid. Obviously, that's not possible, but it would be I amazing. Mean, I might have met a <laughs> okay, sorry. I'm not saying you're a big liar. And not knowing, although I probably would know, but maybe not. Right, let me get to my. No, I'm going to. I'm going to give you my first one, and then I'll get to my sexy merman story, which it means that I could have met a merman and not know. Um, so Sandwood in Sutherland is the UK's mermaid hotspot. Interesting fact for anyone who does want to meet a mermaid. Go there first. You want to meet hot. You mermaids or mermen in your area, go to where is it? Southport. Sandwood in Sutherland. Oh, right. In Sutherland. Mermaid hotspot. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, it has more reported mermaid and merman sightings than anywhere else in the whole of the UK. And it had almost weekly reports of people spotting mermen, mermaid sirens, or encountering them or meeting them or banging them up until the 1930s when the amount of sightings started to reduce but it's still the the area that has the most reported sightings of i thought it was something to do with world war ii because you said up until the the late 1930s when world war ii started and i thought maybe they signed up to fight the nazis maybe (laughs) maybe they did because there was a lot of um u-boats around and there was a lot of um what they called mines you know, sea mines or torpedoes and shit. Yeah, I think they did. Yeah, 
I think as a rule from now on, whenever an American falsely claims like, and we saved your ass during the war, we can be like, <laughs> no, that was the mayor people from Sandwich. You had fuck all to do with it. <laughs> and that's very offensive to the memory of the mayor people that died in the Second World War. Exactly. That's why we have the, you know, like the memorials and all that with the poppies and stuff. It's to commemorate the mayor folk who sacrificed their, their fins for the good of the UK. Yeah. And the world. Heroes. Mm-hmm. The greatest heroes of all. And it's notable how big the losses were that there used to be a, at least a weekly sighting yeah, until that not. time. And now it's mm-hmm. only once every couple of years. Tragic. Yeah, it's a shame. But maybe they'll get their population back up eventually to the point we can have big mermaid orgies again. Yeah. Like yeah. So on the note of mermaid orgies. Yeah. Merman. Mm-hmm. Um, in <laughs> the 12th century, some fishermen, so this is the late 12th century, although I don't have an exact date and I couldn't find one anywhere, but there were some fishermen in Orford, which is an area in Suffolk, mm-hmm. who caught a tall, handsome, completely naked, Oof, extremely fuck. muscular man moist. <laughs> in one of their large sea nets. Wow. Which, other than that just being unusual, like at that point in time, you didn't really get properly built guys, so the fact that they got what a catch that. is that where that that phrase comes from what a catch <laughs> uh, quite possibly based on this next statement so i've got a quote here which was like this is a salacious quote uh, when asked about the catch the captain of the ship stated that he was and this is a quote truly a man in Whoa. all of his parts Woof. <laughs> <laughs> that's right that captain got decked down <laughs> 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 Truly a man in all of his parts. What a quote. Yeah, he was hung like an eel. Yeah. I don't know if eels have big dicks. I'm just imagining, yeah, okay, you get the idea. So the sea hottie couldn't speak English. <laughs> and didn't seem to, I enjoy this bit as well. Uh, they, so they took him back, got him dried off, tried to establish where he was from. He wasn't able to communicate with them. And they were confused because he didn't recognise everyday sights like now i get the first one a house so you didn't know what a house was apparently oh, yeah. he was like fucking like what's going on here <laughs> or more confusingly now again leslie mm-hmm. i'm like more confusingly again it's the late 12th century but more confusingly than not knowing what a house is he didn't know what a church was well why would he, he lives in the fucking sea he doesn't yeah. care about churches <laughs> I can understand. I get you have sea bishops, of course. Oh, right, I can yeah, understand why bishops. they'd be like, you'd have an undersea house. Why would they assume you'd have an undersea church? Because the people assumed that they were sea bishops and that, but apparently that obviously wasn't true. Or he just wasn't in the area the sea bishops were in. Yeah. So he lived in Orford for a short time. Did he wear uh, clothes or did he just go around looking buff as fuck? And he went around looking like, buff as fuck, but they gave mm. him clothes. Uh, so they gave, I mean, a very short time, less than a week. They gave him Did they give him little tiny shorts to wear, you know, like a little <laughs> vest that showed they, they, off his They dressed body. him as Rocky from the Rocky Horror Picture yes! <laughs> and made him dance on a podium outside <laughs> the church. Um, so one of the uh, seamen took him into his home, for obvious reasons, and <laughs> put him between the lines. And he lived with him for just under a week. Uh, he, the seaman and his friend, took the, the catch. 
the seaman with them down to the shore because that's where they went to wash because obviously it was before indoor plumbing mm-hmm. so they went down with their soaps and stuff and said that their soaps their soaps and that they said well they were sorting the soaps he walked into the sea they assumed to bathe at which point he dove into the deeper water and swam at a speed they'd never seen before out into the deep ocean and nobody ever saw him again oh well why did they oh because he caught him in the net but you'd think he would run back to the shore so maybe he was just curious and just thought well fuck about with these people for a while have some fun and then now i've had enough of you bye i'm away (laughs) That was my exact thinking, that he was just like, all right, everyone seems to be being quite nice. I suppose I'll have a wander around and see what's going on. Have a bit of sexy time and then go. And then tell my pals about it back in the hot man mermaid bar, Mm -hmm. I'm assuming. Oh, but that fisherman. Also, most uh, mermen are apparently ugly based on the, I bet he got back and he's like, his mates, guess what? Like, I was up shagging on the land and they were like, for fuck's sake, like. You shag everyone here, you get shag everyone there. He's the Chad, the, the giga Chad of the, the sea. And um, yeah, and maybe he thought that the humans were ugly, but, you know, as a sort of kinky thing, it's like, you know, fucking an ape or something, you know, a bit, bit, of, <laughs> bit of interest. <laughs> yeah. I think he was nice just based on the fact that he like visibly freaked out at seeing a house because I feel like that's a very, like a giga Chad straight guy is not like, you take a giga chad straight guy to like a house made out of like bats that can speak to you and they'd be like i don't give a fuck see things like this all the time <laughs> i want to catch a, a sexy merman or a sexy mer- no i'd rather i think a sexy merman would be better than a sexy mere woman because they're I just mean, cliche that one i get it yeah very, very old now but but yes we, we would have to fight over him mark <laughs> we can share no Right. I don't share. I'm a selfish bitch. Well, I guess it would be up to the, the mayor man to decide. Fine. You're just going to... We're going to have to try and... Well, maybe he m- might not like either of us. And none of us can have him. Maybe not. All right. He well, seems he's like a sea captain types, apparently. Actually, yeah. So I wouldn't have a chance in hell. But you would have more of a chance because you live in a coastal area. True. So perhaps you might you want to purchase a giant net do you think maybe just the cousin of the guy he was living with was Hackett and he thought they were trying to organize some sort of a old gothic three-way and was like nah i'm off (laughs) maybe (laughs) i'm fine staying in your house and banging you but now that this uggles in the mix no way (laughs) catch you that's one of my favorite stories you've ever told on this this show Well, would you like to hear about my favourite mare person? Or, uh, well, she's not really a mare person per se. She's more of a water goddess called Mama Wata. I would love she to hear about Mama Wata. From the mythology of Southern Africa, and I absolutely adore her. I assumed, <laughs> although I do like that her name kind of sounds like she's like the Govan Hill water goddess. Why? <laughs> <That's> Mama Wata. <laughs> well, they do say that that is basically pidgin English. Oh. Uh, but others are saying no no that is the actual uh, African name for water or mother or whatever in Egyptian uh, ancient Egyptian they say mammy or mama because moot came from the sea I suppose so that's why like they associate water with motherhood and, and protection and stuff here's a picture of her now look where the snake's head is positioned I find that quite fun 
And apparently it never moves from that area. Sorry, Do I'm, you see? I'm struggling to get my phone because I, the cat's oh. decided to join in. I want to be her so much. I love her. So she, the appearance of her hair, I don't know why we start with this, but it ranges from straight, curly to woolly black or combed straight back. So she's got various styles. I've not got uh, anything for me. I'm really? Yeah. Who did that send that to then? Did I send that picture to someone else? I hope so. That would be great. Um, let me check. Oh my god, I did. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe I didn't. Maybe I just take a picture of it and then forgot to send it to you. Nope, the cat's trying to hang on. I have no idea where she went. Okay, let's try that again. Or is it Mama Water that's doing it? Maybe. Maybe she doesn't want me to gaze upon her. Maybe. Right, you should see her now. Maybe she thinks I'm an uggle. Oh, I love her. Well, to be honest, Mark, you'll find out why you might not want her to um, help you or whatever. So, unless you like, don't mind a bit of African women love. But she can't turn into a man, so that might be okay for you, actually. Okay. I like so that aspect ready. of her, that she can change her sex whenever she feels like it. No, no harm to the um, ladies of African descent out there, but no, I don't like a bit of African women love. Okay. A bit of African man love. She always has a snake with her. Um, and you can see, well, in that picture, she's got two snakes. And one of the snake's heads always rests between her breasts for some yes. reason, which I really like. It's quite a cool accessory. I like this wee face. Yeah. I also really <laughs> like her hair. Yeah, and she styles it in all different ways. She is often described as a mermaid-like figure with a woman's upper body always or often nude why not and the hindquarters of a fish or serpent so it sounds quite mermaid like but yeah. in other tales she is a fully human in appearance um and she often carries expensive baubles such as combs mirrors and watches see there's the combs and mirrors thing again i think mm. it's to do with vanity or something but with mama water her mirrors and her combs or specifically her mirrors have magical powers they have significance to her parishioners so to speak her worshippers and she likes watches so she likes bling she she's a woman of fine tastes <laughs> she has a large snake which is a symbol of her divination and her divinity uh frequent it wraps itself around her it's quite sexual isn't it it lays its head between her breasts other times she may try to pass as completely human and she'll wander the busy markets or she'll patronize bars so you might find her in your local bar and she sounds fun she I is love so much fun. as well. Yeah. I feel like I want to be her best pal. I really do. I, I want to be her friend as well or want to be her. <laughs> she also manifests a number of other forms, including as a man. So traders in the 20th century, now she's quite a recent goddess, I think. I don't know how far back she goes, but it's basically a 20th century worshipped goddess. Traders in the 20th century carry similarly beliefs with them from Senegal to as far as Zambia. So Mama Water traditions continue to re-emerge um, with water deities because they were spread about by like travellers who went around by sea, you know, as merchants. Yes. So she's commonly seen with a mirror in her hand. She's able to embody ritual performances and worship ceremonies for Africans through her instrument, which is her mirror, which represents a movement through the present and future. 
So her devotees are able to create their own reality through imagining them or imaging of themselves in their own recreation of Mama Wata's world. In that world, one can embody her sacred powers, fulfilling the inventions of their own reality. How fucking good is that? That is extraordinarily cool. <laughs> I love it. That's why if you have loads of mirrors and stuff, then you can summon, you can maybe go into her world, or I think maybe you have to like invoke her and her mirror. There are Traditions. Seventeen yeah. mirrors in the mirror world. Well, there you go, Mark. Mama Wata is going to come <laughs> to you. Traditions on both sides of the Atlantic tell of the spirit. She abducts her followers or random people whilst they are swimming or boating, Mark. So you're not okay. safe. Even if you're in a boat, she brings it out. I want this to happen so much. So, I, I yeah, like you're not doing what's happening yet. I don't know if I want to be safe like, or not. I'm fine with yeah. it so far. But this is what happens when she abducts you. So, she brings you to her heavenly realm, like it's like paradise, but it may be underwater or in the spirit world or both. I don't know if you an underwater spirit world, whatever you just don't know. So, if she allows you to leave. The travellers, this is a fun fact, they usually return in dry clothing and with a new spiritual understanding reflected in their gaze. These returnees often grow wealthier, more attractive and more easygoing after the encounter. So that's why you would want her. To, but then what if she doesn't allow you to leave? Is it still just as good? Do you know what I mean? Oh, you tell me. <laughs> I don't know. I fucking I'd like, yeah, like to know. is it like if she really likes you you get to stay with her and if yeah. she doesn't want you to stay with her you still get loads of really cool positives I don't know about I mean, it seems wonderful I like that she's got the courtesy to at least return you with dry clothing so you're not soaking wet <laughs> you, just, you know it's quite a nice touch and I like that she returns you as a more hotter person so yeah that's pretty good I think like, the uh, hot man from my story was just being returned by her and was confused because be. he'd been spat up in the wrong oh bit of sea God. and everyone was like... It could be a crossover. It over him. And then he's like, oh, well, I'd, I'd rather go back to Mama Water, thanks. Okay. Yeah. That's really interesting. Farver <laughs> <laughs> uh, reports that other tales describe river travellers, usually men, chancing upon her. She's inevitably grooming herself, like she combs her hair and she peers at herself in the mirror like mermaids do. But if she notices the intruder, she will flee into the water and she leaves her possessions behind, like some sort of test. The traveller then nicks them, says like, oh, these are nice, nice mirrors and stuff, like quite bling. I'll take them home with me. But she is like, no, 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 you can't have my shit. She'll appear in his dreams to demand the return of her stuff. Like, here you, gives my stuff back. But if he agrees, she further demands a promise from him to be sexually faithful to her. So this is where the old Greg part comes in. <laughs> so she's like, do you love me? <laughs> and she's like, well, um, but what if you don't want to be? Like, you've, you're basically forced into having sex time with her and no one else. But the agreement also grants the person riches as well so even if you don't really want to fuck her but you essentially become like a sugar she becomes your sugar mama because she gives you like loads of nice stuff but if you refuse to return the possessions or be faithful she'll bring you ill fortune and make your life a living hell so you're basically forced to 
have sex with her for the rest of your life and no one else. What do you think of that, Mark? And she could be a man, so she could do it in the form of a man. Yeah, if she can do it in the form of a man and she's a greedy hottie, then that's absolutely fine, doesn't it? Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, it's just monogamy. Loads of people are into that. Yeah, but what if you don't really like her, but you just have to, because if you don't, it's either that or you have to put up with ill health or ill luck. Sounds very weird that anyone wouldn't Mm. like her. Yeah, true. Her worship is. I found out about the mirror, by the way, while you were telling that. Oh, did you? Okay. Uh Um, it's the reason that a mermaid's mirror is circular is because when they're holding it in their hand it looks like a tiny moon because oh. they carry it as a representation of being from the sea because the moon controls the tides oh that's lovely yeah it's like their talisman or something which may, that ties in with that was why i went oh, when you said about her mirror because i was like oh that was what i was going to tell you after this but it ties in with her mirror because you were saying it's like linked to the passage of time and obviously the moon yeah yeah yeah, and people say that mirrors are like portals to other worlds. So if you have a mirror facing your bed, people say that it's not a good thing because it means that it allows ghosts or beings from other dimensions to use that as a passage into your room. Unless they're hot guys or hot people. <laughs> <laughs> That's a sexy demon. We're obsessed with this. The, or if you have two mirrors facing each other, so you've got mirrors on opposing walls, it creates a vortex or a, sp- a super portal to allow ghosts to come and go as they please or demons or whatever. So I don't know if anyone actually... Have you got any mirrors that face each other like that? No, I no? don't think you do. I mean, I have a lot of mirrors in the house. I love it. I'm really mirror. tempted to do it, just to see what happens. I've got a mirror... No, I don't room. think any of my mirrors in any of my rooms face each other. Even my rooms where I've got more than one mirror, they don't face each other. They're on, like walls next to each other as opposed to walls across from each other i wonder if it has to be a certain size of mirror like because what if you've got two compact mirrors and you sort of face them together would you hate to get like tiny little dwarf ghosts or something <laughs> <laughs> little ghost hamsters little ghost hamsters and yeah little insect ghosts or worm ghosts do you never see them nobody ever sees a ghost of an insect do they uh okay so her worship is a diverse as her initiates priesthood and worshippers some parallels may be drawn groups of people may gather in her name the spirit is much prone to interacting with followers on a one-to-one basis she does have many priests and mediums in africa uh, and the caribbean who are specifically born and initiated to her okay that's strange devotees typically wear red and white clothing these colors represent mama's dual nature in Igbo iconography, red represents such qualities as death, destruction, heat, being male, physicality and power. In contrast, white symbolises death. We see that's another thing. Like a lot of the times white does symbolise death as opposed to black. Yeah. Which I quite like the idea of white symbolising death rather than the cliche black thing. Anyway, also it can symbolise beauty, creation, being female. So red is male, white is female, new life, spirituality, translucent water and wealth. The regalia may also include a cloth snake wrapped around the waist. So I'm I'm going to have to get this outfit. Uh, Mama Wata shrines may also be decorated in these colours. And you can offer her things such as bells, carvings, Christian or Indian prints. I guess she's not bothered either way. Dolls, incense, spirits. And you can either give her goods such as like manufactured things like Coca-Cola or designer jewellery. So it's not really... She she likes shiny things, basically. She likes good shit. I don't know if Coca-Cola is, though. I might give her a nice cider. Maybe she'd like that. 
intense dancing accompanied by musical instruments such as African guitars and harmonicas perform uh, are, are used in the worship of Mama Wata. Followers dance to the point of entering a trance, which is par for the course, isn't it, with these things? Yeah. Uh, and at this point, when you get into the trance, Mama Wata possesses the person and speaks to him or her, a bit like the voodoo thing. And yeah, and then you can like offer her delicious food and drink, alcohol, whatever, soap. She likes good things, basically. Um, she Again, largely, I feel like I be her best friend. Like, I love yeah. watching these are really like nice soaps. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she she's usually she usually just wants her followers to be healthy, but also well off. So I think she's great. Like, at least she wants you to be rich. Um, and then more broadly, some people blame her for all sorts of misfortune, probably all those unfaithful lovers that she's <laughs> like. Yeah, anyone who's blaming her for she sounds like they're probably a wank. Yeah. In Cameroon, Mama Wata is described with causing the strong undertow that kills many swimmers each year along the coast. And she's quite sexually, um, like, she's very sexually active, very horny, Mama Wata. Fair play. She's very lustful. And she's, but although she's quite lusty, she is quite, like, like she loves monogamy and fidelity. So when, if she takes a lover, she expects you to be faithful to her and only her but I don't know if that means that she can be faithful to you I think it only mean, applies to that she has as many lovers as she wants but they are not allowed to cheat on her but she can cheat on them which makes this quite quite refreshing really isn't it I don't know I mean she, I think um, it's fine as long as everybody agrees hmm. but not like in a Will Smith way Right, yeah. Like, how I feel about Will Smith. So. Yeah, a lot of people feel that way about Will Smith. Yeah. According to Nigerian tradition, male followers, Will Smith can fuck off, <laughs> male followers may encounter the spirit in the guise of a beautiful, sexually promiscuous woman, such as a prostitute. And Nigerian popular, well, come on, that's like they're saying if they get caught out with a prostitute, they're like, no, 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 it's not a prostitute, it's Mama Wata. And, and they're like, oh, well, that's okay then. In Nigerian popular stories, Mama Wata may seduce a favoured male devotee and then show herself to him following coitus. She then demands his complete sexual faithfulness <laughs> and secrecy about the matter. Acceptance means wealth and fortune. Rejection spells the ruin of his family, finances and job. So you've basically not got a choice in the matter then. She is no. quite forceful. I mean, come on. That's sexual, that, that is um, sexual blackmail. Technically like is, but she also has healing abilities. Uh, if someone comes down with an incurable illness, Mama Water often takes the blame for it. Why? The illness is evidence that Mama Water has taken an interest in the afflicted person, and only she can cure him or her. Well, so she gives him the disease, and then she's like, "No, I'm the only one that can cure you. So you have to bang me." Like as a seduction technique, yeah. yeah. She's like... <laughs> Oops, I accidentally made jail. Now you have to come round to mine. Come and then you'll be fine. It's <laughs> a good <laughs> song. Every illness may be attributed to the water spirit. For example, she takes the blame from everything from headaches to sterility. Well, that's not fair. Barren mothers often call upon the spirit to cure their affliction. Many traditions hold that Mama Water herself is barren, so if she gives a woman a child, that woman inherently becomes more distant from the spirit's true nature. The women will thus be less likely 
to become wealthy or attractive through her devotion to Mamawata. Images of women with children often decorate shrines to the spirit. So what if Mama That's Wata? Spain, is it? How? It, well, is it like if she's into you, she could she'll be like, okay, either you can come with me and be my mm-hmm. greedy, haughty mm-hmm. lesbian or straight wife doesn't matter. I can be whatever gender you want. But if you really want to have a baby, that's fine. But you have to stay and be an uggle, but you get a baby. like that. And you that's... can't be rich. You have to give up your riches. That's the price to pay if you want a baby. I'll give you a baby, but you, you've got to be like... You know, I mean, you saying you have to give up your riches, that's the price to pay if you want a baby, is just a statement of fact. Well, yeah, that is actually true. I suppose you can relate to that, having a child yeah. yourself, whereas I can't because I don't have children. Therefore, I've got lots of disposable income that I can like buy African statues with and, and yes. manga which I bought, a, <laughs> and this is unrelated to mermaids, but I, I recently started getting into this uh, manga anime called Black Butler, and it's about this, um, I don't know if you've heard of it, but he's like a, like a, it's like a boy called CL, and he lives in Eng- Victorian England, and his parents were murdered, spoilers, and he was sexually assaulted and tortured and that, and then he's like, ah, fuck it, I, I need to get revenge and get out of this, so I'll, he, he appeals to this demon, and he says, I'll have a contract with you. If you save me and get revenge, then you can have my soul in exchange. So this guy, Sebastian, comes and says to him, I'll do that. And then he seals the contract by putting a sigil in his eye. So he's got like a, a symbol in his eye that represents the contract. So that's why he wears an eye patch. And then he becomes his butler. And basically he calls him Little Lord and that. And he basically serves him till it's time to eat his soul when the contract ends. But he's like quite hot. And he's going. Like, I mean, and I was like really getting. I'm glad you story. said that because I was like, I'm also finding this story weirdly hot. Yeah, he's yeah. I don't I don't know if there's some sort of weird relationship thing shipping going on between him and a 13 year old boy though. But he has a demon, so I don't know if that really counts. Okay, as, didn't realize he was 13. <laughs> yeah, he's, well, he's actually he was actually 11 when he did the contract with him. But anywho, lots of people fancy him, and he's like a really really one hell of a good butler. Um, yeah, so. I went on Amazon because I, I tried to watch it on the streaming, you know, like on a, the Kindle. No, not, I always call it the Kindle, the fucking fire stick. But I couldn't watch the third episode because it was either in German or it was corrupted. So I thought, fuck it, I'll just buy the DVD of the full season. And I went to buy it and I thought, oh, there's something wrong with my payment, so I'll just cancel it. And lo and behold, I fucking got it delivered this morning. <laughs> it's like, no way. I didn't think that went through. That was a bit embarrassed because David's like, what the hell is this? I'm sorry, I've turned into a bit of a weeb. (laughs) (laughs) And Sebastian is now my wife. Anyway, let's go back to where creature, not where, mere creatures. Where creatures, mere creatures. So yeah, I love, I love Mama Wata. Yeah, she's great. And I wouldn't mind her coming to me and offering me some. Well, no, because then I'd have to leave David. I couldn't be with David anymore because I'd have to. No, you could. I'd have to be faithful to her. Own, and only her so no she'd probably make me drink baileys from a shoe and stuff so i don't i don't want Definitely to do it yeah well that that's one of my creatures that is my favorite if you've got any more um what well, do, do you want me to do the whipper or selkies next <gasps> the whipper the whipper okay this is even less of a, a mere person uh, than but but i found it and i was like yeah i'm gonna do this so the there's a creature I'm going to say a, a mare thing a mare thing called the Whipper of Senin Cove. So Senin Cove in Cornwall 
has a very interesting mer creature. So basically when I was researching it came up because again every sort of coastal area in the whole of Britain seems to have its own mer creature, but this well, one's quite different from the other it ones. Makes sense, Mark, because we are an island nation and yeah. we're surrounded by water and there's loads of lochs and stuff in Scotland. So there's gonna be loads of water creatures and mythological cryptids and stuff, like the Loch Ness monster and Kelpies. I mean, yeah, it adds up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But the whooper sounds fun. So the whooper is a sentient sea mist. Oh, sea mist. Okay. That can come to shore Mm, and would come to shore even on clear days. So it's Mm -hmm. almost like a about the size of a, don't know, hippo maybe? What, in the form of a mist? In the form of a mist. It's like a a round, it's almost like a a hippo-sized ball of mist. Um, that lives well, in the sea and can think. I don't know about that, Mark. <laughs> it wasn't what it was I was like a, a mare mist. Mare mist. Well, do you know, I think it'd be quite handy on a really hot day if it's cool and you get like a nice mist coming over you. Coming well, over you. I don't know if it a, literally comes over you, but like, I don't know. No, it does. It's it, a, a kind does of it? mist. So oh, it, it would, for example... Well, actually, that's not really an example. It just quite often whooped at passers-by, which is why it got the name The Whooper. Hold on. Is it like wolf whistling at you? You know, like these cunts in cars that go, woo! That is the noise it makes, but not because it's trying to, like, shag anyone. It's just <laughs> that that is the noise that it makes. And so people would be like, oh, it's getting misty today, even though it's a nice clear day. And then it would be like, woo! Woo! And they'd be like, oh, no, it's The Whipper. Hi, Whipper. Um, so, yeah, everybody <laughs> loved it. Big fan of The Whipper. Part of the reason that everybody really liked it is because it would alter its whoops to warn residents of upcoming severe storms. So oh. a day or so before the severe storms would come, it would start whooping in a deeper tone and then people would know that that meant the storm was coming right. and that they should bring the ships in. And Ah, OK. So it's sort of like a lighthouse or the life, what is it they call The Lifeboat Association? It's Yeah, it's like the early RNLI. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm now in my head without even finishing this story. Like, now I want a remake of The Little Mermaid, but instead of her waking up in the shore, it's the whipper that washes up in the shore. <laughs> and some floppy haired guy's like, You're the greatest beauty I've ever seen. And the whipper's like, Whoop. <laughs> <laughs> so, other cool thing that the whipper could do. So it's like a, a ball of mist, right? And yeah. it lives in the sea, but it can come ashore. But it can also solidify if it wants to. Into what, though? Just into a solid circular mass. Oh, so that doesn't sound great. There was obviously an issue, as there always is everywhere, with like guys in their 20s just wanting to do whatever the fuck they want. So the whipper would warn people that storms were coming, and then there was always guys in the 20s that would try to go and get in their boats. So the whippers would solidify, and they wouldn't be able to get by. And then their like sisters and mothers would be really, really happy because they'd think, oh. So it's like the community warden? Yeah. They'd be like, oh, my son would have drowned because he had too much to drink and he's a fucking idiot. But luckily, the The whipper whipper. wasn't just whooping its warnings. It's literally (laughs) going like, nope, you're not getting on your boat. It's like a sort of guardian, like a, a misty guardian. Why does it care for people, though? That's what I don't get. Like, why is it so interested in saving humans? They don't know because it can only communicate in whoops. And oh. <laughs> again, I'm counting it because I feel like it's it's a semi-aquatic, cre- it's, it's amphibious. Like it. Uh-huh. 
but we don't know what it is. And there's never been any other whoopers. Um, the story ends sadly, though, Leslie. You're not going to like the end of it. I'm sorry. I don't like the end of it. Well, I kind of like the end of it. I think you'll get what I don't like and what I do like as soon as I tell you. So one day, two young dickhead fishermen where they'd had a few too many pints and they decided that they were going to go out and fish because it would be easier to get a good spot because none of the other fishermen were out. The reason none of the other fishermen were out is because it was two days after the whooper had started its danger whoops. So they headed down to shore and the whooper solidified and refused to let them by. And they kept trying to push back to get to their boat, but the whooper was like, nope, not happening, lads. So they both got weapons and began to bludgeon the whooper to death. Witnesses in uh, Senin Cove were getting very, very upset. Everybody loved the whooper. They were shouting, like, I don't know what their names were, so I'm going to call them Frank and Pete. Frank, Pete, (laughs) stop it. But they wouldn't. So the whooper kept solidifying and trying to stop them getting by. They kept assaulting it worse and worse and worse. And then eventually the whooper expanded out the way so that it was flat and solid like a wall. Yeah. And then folded in on them over and over again until they were crushed to minuscule size. <laughs> Fuck them, that's what they deserve. And then it frisbeed itself out to sea and never returned to Sending Cove. Oh no. Why why though? Was it just so I'm fine with murdering so those guys, they seem shit. But I'm like, oh. Do you think what? maybe it was so ashamed of murdering those guys? It, it was it was like I really meant to help you, but by helping you, I got a bit raging and accidentally killed you when I was really wanting to save your life. So he was just so sad and ashamed that he was like, ah, I'm too dangerous for these people. I'm just going to hurt them. So he fucked off someone else. Or maybe yeah, he fucked he off someone else. So he was like, these people are arseholes now. They're not worth saving. So I like to think it was a happier ending where he just went to a different shore and became a whipper there. But then maybe. he said that nobody's really heard of the whipper ever. And nobody's ever heard of any other whippers. <sighs> Men, why did he fucking ruin everything? Men do ruin everything. No. <laughs> So sad. Just, yeah. That hot well, man would still have been here if that guy hadn't tried to make him bang his ugly cousin. The whipper mm-hmm. would still be here if those guys hadn't tried to kill him. That kid's story called Pania, and she is from Maori mythology. And it's sort of a happy and a sad ending, really. But I quite like that she seems to be quite an independent, strong woman. <laughs> you know, don't need no man. No, she does kind of need a man. <laughs> so she was a beautiful maiden who happened to live in the sea. But she doesn't have, but she's not like a mermaid where she's got like the fins of a fish or anything. She just lives in the sea. Like she's got legs. She's like um, Marina from, I don't know, we're too old. Like that's a really old reference. You know, like the Thunderbirds, what was it? Singray. She's like the sexy merman. Maybe she's the same sort of whatever kind of mer creature he is. Well, then, like, the people in Atlantis, did they live in a city at the bottom of the sea or was it because their city sank to the sea and they assumed that they turned into mere people? Or was that just in Futurama? I'm thinking of. Based on the film Atlantis, which I'm assuming is uh, based in fact, they are, yeah, they are, like, Um, look like actual humans. Is that the Disney film? Yeah. Do you know that's the one film I've never seen? I always thought it's, they ripped uh, off the, you know, the character with the glasses, the man. Yes. I always thought they ripped him off from Daniel from um, um, Stargate. Yeah. Didn't they? And was Very it out similar. around at the same time? Yeah. Anyway. 
So she was a beautiful maiden who lived on in, in the sea in the east coast of North Island of New Zealand. By daylight, she swam about with creatures of her reef world, but after sunset, would go to a stream that ran into a bay where the city of Napier now exists. So she would travel up this stream to an area where she could rest among some flax bushes. It was like her place to go at night. Uh, There was a guy called Karatoki, and he was a really hot guy. Uh, He was also the son of the Maori chief, so like the Prince Eric type. He quenched his first every evening at the stream where she rested because it had the sweetest water. Now, I don't know if it was was sweet water because she was in the water or just generally was sweet water. And she was kind of like ogling him. She was observing him for many weeks and maybe a bit shy. Didn't want to actually speak to him. Maybe thought, oh, he's a bit out of my league, but he's really hot. Uh, But one night she relented and whispered a faint spell and it carried on the wind to Karatoki who turned around to see Pania emerge from her hiding place. So maybe he could never actually see her unless she said a spell to say, right, I'm going to allow him to look at me. Karatoki, that would be good if, again, yeah. on the note of most men are shit, that would be good if men couldn't see you until you cast a spell to let them see you. Yeah, because maybe you've got a time to like watch them enough that you think, right, this guy's sound, he's not going to murder me, and yep. I'll let him see me. So Karatoki, she, he'd never seen someone so beautiful, and he instantly fell in love with her. And she was all in love with him, obviously, because she'd been watching him for ages. And they pledged their lives to each other, and they secretly married, which is nice. Karia and Karatoki went to his huare, or where, I don't know how you pronounce it, which is basically Maori for house. But, and much like the mere man, she's like, what the fuck is this? But she's like, okay, I'll come in here with you. It's fine. Um, It was dark. No one saw them enter. So nobody actually knows they're married. It's in secret. So at sunrise, Pania prepared to leave because she has to go back to like her her place, her reef, because she that's where she goes or she'll die. Um, but Karatoki tried to stop her, and she's like, "No, I, I'm a creature of the ocean, mate. And when the sirens of the sea call me each morning, I won't survive if I don't go to them. But I will return every evening, and we can bang and have fun then." So they just continued married on that basis. So they were just like night lovers. Like she, she was like maybe like the night shift, I suppose. Like I don't know. She went away to work in the morning and came back at night, <laughs> sort of thing, to be with her husband, which must be annoying to him because then how is he going to do anything? Like he's not going to get much sleep. So Karatoki boasted to his friends about his beautiful life, but no one believed him because he'd never seen her. It's a bit like you know people like when you were younger or in school and you say, oh, I've got a boyfriend. Or girlfriends, and they go, well, where are they? Oh, you wouldn't know them. They go to a different school, kind of thing. They didn't believe them. Pania fell. Uh, I just like, imagine him being like, why is she yeah. not here? She goes to St. Bride's. Yeah, <laughs> in the ocean. Oh, no, she, she lives in the ocean. What? <laughs> she goes to the Catholic school in the sea. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't know her. She's from another district. <laughs> so you get frustrated because nobody believes that he, he actually isn't a virgin. And uh, Krakatoki consulted uh, Kumatua, which is a wise elder in the village, who believed Karatoki because he did actually know that ocean maidens existed. Maybe he had previous relations with them. I don't know. The, Kum- the Kumatua told Karatoki that her being a sea creature, she would not be allowed to return to the sea if she swallowed cooked food. So he's like, oh, right, OK, that's that's an idea. So as Pania slept when she came back to him that night, 
Karatoki took a morsel of cooked food and sneakily put it in Pania's mouth. That's not consensual. What? Yeah. What? I don't like him anymore. Yeah, but hold on. So as he did so, Ruru, the more pork. <laughs> of course, we know who that is. It's an owl. <laughs> Everyone knows the more pork. I find it weird that, well, I shouldn't laugh at the Maori culture, should I, if they call an owl a more pork? It just seems a bit of a strange name for an owl, but who am I to judge? Called a loud morning. So the owl's like, oi, <laughs> food in your mouth. <laughs> So Pania, startled from her sleep, woke up and was horrified that Karatoki had put her life in jeopardy. So she didn't swallow the food. You just put it in her mouth. She didn't swallow Good. it. So she's all right. But she was fucking pissed off because you're like, what are you doing? You're trying to kill me? Pania fled and ran into the sea, much like that hot merman. But in different circumstances, her people came to the surface and drew her down into the depths. As Karatoki, he ran after her and swam frankly about the ocean looking for her and he never saw her again. So now when people look in deep into the water over the reef, some say they can see Pania with arms outstretched, appealing to her former lover. I don't think she would. I think she would have just thought, fuck him, he's an arsehole. No, maybe they can see her with one arm outstretched, like doing a middle finger at the end. Fuck you, cunt. Aye, both her arms are outstretched, yeah, like yeah, like what you said to her <laughs> two middle fingers out. Fuck you, cunt. It's unknown whether she is imploring him to explain his treachery or expressing her continuing love. No, I think she's giving him the fucking finger, like you say. Yep. And saying, fuck off, Karatoki, you dick. The sea off Napier is now protected by more and more the son of Pania and Kar- they had a kid. What? He is the Kaitake guardian of the area and a Tanawa spirit who often disguises himself as a shark, a stingray or an octopus. So they had a Wayne, but I guess the Wayne decided to join his mum in the sea. Probably. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, he's dad's. His dad doesn't understand the basic idea of consent. Of consent, yeah. I mean, I suppose he meant well, but he's been selfish because he wanted her to have her day and night and didn't want her going away. No, that is shit. That's like saying, oh, you can't go out with your pals. I'm not allowed yeah. to. You have to stay at home with me at all times. What prick. And again, he didn't ask. It would be fine if he was like, I found this out. What's your thoughts on it? You don't just jam food in a sleeping woman's mouth. <laughs> that's, that's another one of the t-shirts that I like to wear. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's a fun story. And at least she didn't end up, like, yeah, forced to stay with this guy because he, yeah, non-consensually forced something in her mouth, which you just don't do, guys. No. Just don't do it. Fucking scumpig. Scumpig. Okay, let's move on to Kelpies then, Mark. We shan't, because I'm looking There's... at Kelpies. But they don't oh, do sound very similar, so I see why Selkies you got Kelpies and Kelpies. I, f- I knew there was something else. Sorry, Selkies then. I apologise. What are Selkies? Are they Good the same? They are. I wasn't going to explain right. them, and then I realised that not all of our listeners are Scottish, so that's uh, ah, okay. off me. So yeah, a Selkie <laughs> is like the north of Scotland idea of a mere person. Right. Type of seal that can come ashore and they basically like unstick their seal fur from around them and take it off. And underneath, they're either a man or a woman. Oh, okay. Or a queer person, perhaps. Um, but either way, or a hermaphrodite, or what's the hermaphrodite? A humanoid. Let's not get into intersex. Yeah. Anyway, they're a person. It's a person. <laughs> it's a person. <laughs> Um, 
So yeah, they're kind of like a wear seal, but they, that's how they turn in and out. So they take the seal skin off mm. and then they're a person underneath. But they are, they're definitely thought to be like a very intelligent seal. It's more so they're a seal that has the ability to turn into a person and is highly intelligent, not a person that has the ability to turn into a seal. Okay, I think the difference would be. So they're more of a, right, are they an actual, right, so what you're saying is, I'm trying to get my head around this, they're actually animals that yes. turn into humans as opposed to humans that turn into like werewolves. Yeah, so they're not like, like skinwalkers. They're, they're, yeah, that's, they're a subspecies they're... of seal. <laughs> they are seals. They are animals, but they're very, very intelligent seals. They and they have the ability right. to change form. And when they change form, they take their seal skin off. Right. And then they're whatever form they want to be underneath. So... Okay, so what, what? Man, woman, maybe a pony. I don't know. Why did he do this to interact with humans? I guess. I think they just do it. In some cases, they interact with humans, but I think they just do it because they can, and it's like a cool way. It's easier for them to get about <laughs> on land if they are a woman or a pony or whatever. Bitten, if they get bitten, if a seal gets bitten by a human, does it turn into a werehuman? That's what I was trying to say. Uh, no, I don't think if a seal gets bitten by a human or a human gets bitten by a seal. Oh. Right. Okay, well, what, what do we, so is there a natural like story about these things? Um, yes. So okay. two Scottish names that some of our listeners that might not be from Scotland might have. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the the name McVeigh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know some McVeighs. I also know some McVeighs. We probably know some of the same McVeighs. So McVeigh is a name from the northwest coast of Scotland, which is one of the areas that Selkies are known to to like to visit mm-hmm. and the all of the McVeighs of Scotland are known to be and I'm not saying believed are known to be <laughs> descended from a male selkie and a maiden from the northwest coast of Scotland so the selkie would like to come on land on the northwest coast he like to visit the oh, guys coming beach, out the ocean indeed and look at like um, different stones and things there and just kind of have a general wander about. Look at the trees because you didn't have them in Aww. the sea. You really like going to the forest. And there was a maiden that lived near the forest. Uh, she would obviously quite often have a wee scratch out the window and see his <laughs> buttocks shining in the moonlight and be like, look at that big uh, naked hottie out there. Hmm. So one night she plucked up the courage and went out to speak to him. And they got chatting. She was confused as to why he was cutting around bollock naked, but she wasn't (laughs) upset about it. And he explained that it was because he'd left his skins down by the sea. What? That's right. (laughs) (laughs) She puts the lotion on the back. (laughs) So she obviously assumed that he was like skinny dipping, but then he took her down by the sea and showed her that he had a seal skin with him. And she thought maybe he was wearing it as like an yeah like just an animal skin coat but he showed her that if you put it on he then turned into a large oh. north of scotland seal and swam out to sea she was obviously very shocked to see this but then a couple of nights later couldn't sleep again the gift of insomnia and um, couldn't sleep again she was looking out the window and there he was haughty swaggering about in her garden so this kept happening they ended up chatting more and more and more they fell in love um, Doesn't that make her a bit of a bestiality or furry? That's a bit weird because technically you're fucking a seal. I mean, she is, but she's just fucking a seal. Yeah. Um, but oh well, fair enough. A very intelligent seal that looks like a hot yeah. guy. So. Oh well, okay. 
so they eventually wed. Her family knew that he was a seal. His family mm. knew that she was a woman. He decided to stay on land with her. Um, and Aww. he basically looked exactly like a human, except that his hair was like dark silvery and he had mm. like very, very big brown eyes. Oh, I like that. Uh, he, when they wed, he took the name McVeigh, which was a name that he created for himself. So they were the first ever McVeighs, and all McVeighs the world over are descended from. That's brilliant. The the, the Selkies gent that decided to stay in land. So McVeighs we like, or at least we like their ancestors. Mm-hmm. Not also... Mc... apart from Timothy McVeigh, who blew up, blew up the Oklahoma building and killed lots of kids in that. Well, he probably shouldn't have done that. But maybe he changed yeah. his name to McVeigh and he was actually uh so not a McAdam, a McCodum. Oh. Okay. So the McCodums of North Uist and the Outer Hebrides uh, are known as Sliocht Nanran, which means the offspring of the seals. Oh. But unlike the McVeighs, it's not a positive story. This oh. is because one of their ancestors, who was a man, so this story is obviously worse. Uh, <laughs> so he would often wander along the shores of Eust and would see a beautiful, nude, red-haired beauty bathing by the water's edge. Or she's ginger, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he decided that he was to have her. I have to have you. Mm. I'm going to have you, whoever you like. Even so, even if it must be my burglary, <laughs> I'm doing yes. being Uncle Monty. <laughs> so he approached her and had that conversation, and she was like, "Oh, thanks. No, <laughs> you're all right." And he was <laughs> like, "No, we will be together." And she was like, really "Okay, you have a lovely day there." Um, so he continued to follow her. She couldn't get away from him. She was really freaking out. He's a creep. So she eventually had to put her selkie skin back on in front of him. He realised she was a selkie. She jumped into the sea and swam away. He then kept seeing her again, was actively looking for her. Uh, One of the days he hid behind the trees and he watched her as she was combing her hair by the water's edge, watched out for where she'd left her seal skin, ran down to the beach and stole it. A prick. Okay. He hid it away and said that she could only have it back if she followed his instructions. Oh, no. So... He ended up taking her home with him. And by the time that he gave her it back, she had bore him three sons. Oh, no, 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 no. He's big creep as fuck. Horrible. What, he He actually gave her him back, though? I didn't think he would ever give her her seal skins back. He eventually gave her her seal skin back. Oh, she got her revenge? (laughs) Killed her No, she just fled into the waters. Um, And their sons then got the name... The Macodums, which are the Salihnan Rans, the children of the seal, um, and all Macodums in the world are all descended from a rapist. A rapist and their seal mum. Right, but her seal, their seal mum wasn't interested in them, obviously, because she fucked off back to the sea. I think she was just glad to be away from her. Yeah, um, yeah, oppressor, sex offender man. Well, I also, and I'm going to end the podcast on this story, have, funnily enough, this is weird, I also have a Scottish story. Oh. 
Um, and they're and I just love this name. They're called the Blue Men of the Minch. Ooh. <laughs> just love it. The Blue Men of the Winch. The Minch. Sorry, not the Minge. I, I keep wanting to say Minge. The Blue Men of the Minch, also known as Storm Kelpies. Ooh. They're mythological creatures inhabiting the stretch of water between the northern outer Hebrides and mainland Scotland. And what they do is they cut about, they're basically the Neds of the sea, I think of them as. <laughs> they really are. They go around looking for fights. They go around looking for sailors to drown and stricken boats to sink just for a fucking, like, bam them up. They just look around uh, for stuff to bam up, basically, and they're blue. And they're localised to the Minch and the surrounding areas to the north and far east is Wick, unknown in other parts of Scotland and without counterparts in the rest of the world. So they only exist in this small stretch of water that I've just discussed there. Uh, so there is a place called the Little Minch, which is near Wick. I've never, I don't think I've ever been to Wick, but it is quite far up north. And apart it's from very far color, up north, my, um, yeah. one you of mean? my pals is from Wick, but I know it's like... Like I mean, really, really far north. I've never actually been there. I've been on the train line there, and that was like (laughs) hours and hours and hours of travel to even get like near to being there. Well, it just seems like no matter where you go in Scotland, there's always going to be little bams that will try and get you. And in and in uh, this particular case, they're in the water. Uh, Wick. I used to have a pal of childhood friends who always went to Wick all the time. It always just seemed so remote and weird. And now I do believe her that it is quite a weird place. So apart from their colour, the mythical creatures, they look much like humans and are about the same. So like I say, they're neds, they're like bams of the sea. They have the power to create storms, but when the weather is fine, they float sleeping on or just below the surface of the water and they're bollock naked, they're blue. And the, the blue men, they, they swim with their tor- a bit. You know how like when neds like take their taps off in summer and yes. wander around, like swagger about with their nips out? Well, that, these blue men swim with their torsos raised out of the sea and they twist and, and they dive as porpoises do. So they're showing off. They're, they're skinny. They're never really, like... You know when Neds take their tops off, they're, like, not good-looking at all. Like, you never get any buff ones that have got six-packs. They're always kind of, like, pigeon-chested. Yes. Fuckers. So I imagine these guys are, like, pure swaggering about the sea. They are able to speak... And when a group approaches the ship, its chief may shout two lines of poetry to the master of the vessel and challenge him to complete the verse. That's not very Neddy-like, but they like poetry, basically. Or actually, no, it could be Neddy-like because it's basically they're challenging seamen to rap battles. That's what, <laughs> not because they need them to, if they, they don't rhyme back, they'll fuck them up. So it's like, hear me. Let's have a rap battle, you know what I mean? You got any bucky man? Fuck you. <laughs> Fucking like I don't know. Like any name. Slimy Shady. So suggestions to explain the mythical blue men explain it that will include that they may be the personification of the sea or originate with uh, the Picts, whose painted bodies may have given them the impression of men raising themselves out of the water if they were seen crossing the scene in boats that might have resembled kayaks. Mm, I don't know if I buy that. So they're saying that they could have been just painted men in kayaks that looked like they were just coming out of the ocean. Like, what? Yeah. Well, also, if the, um, the captain of the ship refused to like challenge or complete the rap battle, if they fail, 
then the blue men will attempt to capsize his ship <laughs> like bats do. Lord. The genesis of blue men, this is more interesting, may also alternatively lie with the North African slaves that the Vikings took with them to Scotland, where they spent the min- winter months close to the shine, uh, the Shaint Isles and the Minch. I don't know why they think, like, was it because they're black or something that they look blue? Or I, I really get that. No, oh, it's that... because it's because the certain tribes that they took from North Africa wore blue, like the Picts, they wore blue paint and they wore blue clothing. Okay. The Minch is a strait that separates the northwest highlands of Scotland and the northern Inner Hebrides from the northern Outer Hebrides. And it is like they're saying this as if it's absolute fact, which I believe it is home to the Blue Men, not the Blue Men group (laughs) from Las Vegas. The Scottish Gaelic terms for the Blue Men is na fergorna. And the genitive Fairgorm, for example, I can't speak Gaelic, but I'll try my best. Thruchnan Fairgorm, the stream of the blue men. The blue men are also t- styled as storm kelpies, the most common water spirits in Scottish folklore. Now, kelpies are usually described as powerful horses that drown people, but these are just blue guys <laughs> that like to drown people instead. The name is attributed to several different forms and fables throughout the country. The name Kelpie may be derived from the Scottish Gaelic Kalpa or Kalpich, meaning heifer or colt. The mythical blue men may have been part of a tribe of fallen angels that split into three. What? Yeah, it's getting a bit surreal. The first became the ground dwelling fairies. The second evolved to become the sea inhabiting blue men. And the remainder of the many dancers of the northern lights in the sky. I quite like that. Yeah. The legendary creatures are the same size as humans, but as the name implies, blue in colour. Yeah, we get it. There's a writer and journalist called Lewis Spence who thought they were the personifications of the sea itself as he took the blue coloration from the hue of the sea. Their faces are grey and long in shape and have some long arms, which are also grey, and they favour blue headgear. I'd imagine like Nike hats or something. <laughs> <laughs> baseball caps build up and they wear their socks over their trackies you made this At even least... better because i'm now imagining <laughs> louis spence like the celebrity dancer being the person that's researched this yes. and describing it at least one account claims that they also have wings i think they're exaggerating things now the temptations the tempestuous water around the shane isles which are 19 or 12 miles to the north of sky which i've been too. Sky's awesome. I definitely want to go back there because I feel it is a magical place. Um, which is an area subject to rapid tides and all weathers. Flows beside the caves inhabited by the blue men. So they live in caves sometimes. A stretch of water known as the current of destruction owing to the number of ships wrecked there. I guess there was a lot of failed rat battles. <laughs> Although other storm kelpies are reported as inhabiting the Gulf of Corryvekin, described by the poet, writer, and folklorist Alistair Alpin McGregor as the fiercest of the Highland storm kelpies, because they're absolute palms, the blue men are confined to a very restricted area. You know, like I was saying about those wee guys that were hanging out inside my house in the stairs, <laughs> or you like, you know, you get gangs of them that hang around the forty. Junior blue men. Yeah, th- these guys just that's their turf. Basically, they're turf, they're surf, as you will, if you put it that way. There's no one, there's no other counterparts anywhere else in the world. A bit like the whooper, like or any other areas of Scotland, they only exist there. That's their like, I guess if um. If anyone else invaded their turf, they would get bammed up again, like like Ned's. <laughs> and, uh, 
there the oh okay so John Gregerson Campbell who was a folklorist and Tyree minister says they are unknown in Argyll and on on the nearby coast of the mainland although Church of Scotland minister John but this is weird why would the church in Scotland get involved in like blue men it just seems a bit too strange for them like you'd think they wouldn't believe in that or they'd say it was like heretics or demons or things you know they're like he visited Quarf in Shetland in mid 1700 and he recounts a tale of what may have been a blue man in the waters around Ireland. Would it not have just been a man who was in really cold water and he looked a bit blue? And no, the- <laughs> that's crazy talk. Yeah. Well, he said it was the form of a bearded old man and it rose out of the water, terrifying the passengers and crew of a boat it was following. In traditional tales, the blue men have the power to create severe storms. But when the waver is fine, like they've said, they just float or sleep on the surface of the water. Um... To amuse themselves, the creatures play shinty when the skies are clear and bright at night in the sea. It's like playing football, but Highlanders play shinty, which is, I think, is like a stick thing. That and is. they hit, yeah. They're able to speak. Another one is, is a professional shinty player. I don't know why. Um, Did you date yeah. a professional shinty player? Is that what you said? You dated Yeah, one? yeah, he's a professional shinty player, yeah. Hmm. Is he quite buff? Oh, yeah, he's really good looking. Okay, so they're able to speak. He's not blue man, is he? <laughs> they're mm. able to speak and converse with mariners, and are especially vocal when soaking vessels with water spray, roaring with laughter as vessels capsize, like happy slapping. I mean, if he had mobile, he would probably film it and laugh. <laughs> Fucking what? Right. So the blue men gather to attack passing vessels. Uh, their chief, sometime known, their chief is called Shoney. Shoney. <laughs> yeah. He's the lead Ned of the Blue Men. He rises up out of the water and shouts two lines of poetry, rap, I would say, to like rhymes to the skipper. And if he cannot add two lines to complete the verse, the Blue Men sees his boat. Mackenzie highlights the following exchange between the skipper of a boat and the chief of the Blue Men. So Shoney, right? Not Coney Shoney. So this is an example of what, what they would do. So the Blue Chief, Shoney, comes up. And he goes to this uh, sailor, man of the black cap, what do you say as your proud ship cleaves the brine? Skipper, my speedy ship takes the shortest way and I'll follow you line by line. Shoney, my men are eager, my men are ready to drag you below the waves. The the skipper, my ship is speedy, my ship is steady. If it sank, it would wreck your caves. Whoa! I know you are not. <laughs> I'll wreck your caves, pal. The quick responses took the blue chief, Shoney, by surprise. And he he was defeated and unable to do any damage to his vessel because his rhymes were so good. The blue men returned to their underwater caves, allowing the vessel free passage through the strait. Respect. The blue men may be alternatively, they may alternatively board a passing vessel and demand tribute from its crew, like fucking threatening them with a, 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 what is it, a chip or something if they don't give them some bucky i'm just imagining um, like ek yeah. now like they climb yeah. on the boat and they're like well you nice. yeah. <laughs> they're just picking their stuff up and putting it in a bag that's basically what they'll do but just in this area and um they'll fret they'll threaten them that if if they don't give them their shit they'll raise up a storm uh no surviving tales mention attempts to kill the blue men but a gregerson campbell campbell story tells of the capture of a 
blue man. Sailors seize one of the blue men and tie him up on board their ship after he is discovered sleeping on the waters, just floating about like they do. Two fellow blue men gave chase, so they're crew. Yeah, yeah, he was <laughs> sleeping off the bucky. Uh, two fellow blue men gave chase. So we, like their gang members, like were trying to rescue him. They called out to each other as they swim towards the ship. Duncan will be one. Donald will be two. These are the names of the blue men: Duncan and Donald. Well, you need another ere you reach the shore. On hearing his companions' voices, the captured spirit breaks free of his bonds and jumps overboard as he answers. Duncan's voice, I hear. Donald too is near. But nay need of helpers has strong Ian Moore. So the, the guy that they captured was called Ian. <laughs> Vast sailors believe that all blue men have names by which they address each other. <laughs> like normal names. Ian and I don't know, Woody. Whatever name names that we've got. Paul. <laughs> <laughs> no offence to your brother, but um, so yeah, that's the blue men. I fucking absolutely love it. I just I want to go there and, and see these blue neds. But like I say, like the origins of them, they think it could be partly based on the annals of Ireland and goes back to the times of Harold Fairhair, the first Norse king, and his battles against the Vikings. The Scottish Gaelic term for Gormer meaning blue men is a descriptor for a black man, according to Dwelly. So they're black guys that hang around in the water. They're black neds. Plus, one of the blue men's Gaelic names literally translates to stream of the blue men or river, tide, or stream of the black man. Around the 9th century, the Vikings took moors they had captured and were using as slaves to Ireland. The Vikings spent winter months near the Shane Isles and Mackenzie attributes the story of the blue men to marooned foreign slaves. I don't know if I buy that. I'd rather believe that they're actually just Scottish neds. Yeah. <laughs> He says there were blue men because Moors are the same as Negroes. Mauritania is the same as Negroland, literally the same as blackness. More recent newspaper reports have repeated Mackenzie's hypothesis. Historian Malcolm Alchibald agrees the legend originates from the days Norsemen had North African slaves, but speculates that the myth may have originated with the Tureg people of the Saharan Africa, who were known as the blue men of the desert. The origin of the blue men of the Minchmeat alternatively lie with tattooing people, specifically the Picts, or the Picti, which means painted people. If they were seen crossing the water in boats resembling kayaks, they may have been given simple islanders or mariners the impression of the upper part of the body rising out of the water. And that's the story of the blue men of the Minch. So if you're um, ever in Wick, watch out, you might get mugged by, by some by blue guy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so be sure to defend yourself. Or you better have some sweet rhymes because the only way they'll let you go or respect you is if you can beat them in a rap battle. And I think that will do. There's so many more, like, mere creatures that I think we should maybe do an upper episode on this. But I think that'll do for now because we're about an hour and a half now. So we'll leave it at that. Did you have fun? fun, I loved that episode. I really had fun researching it as well. <laughs> you can have a lot of fun in the sea, and there seems to be a lot of really hot guys in the sea. Indeed, I'm glad that I looked at him. Yeah. Although I enjoyed learning about yours, and I enjoyed the um, Thank you. my <laughs> mermist, but mm-hmm. I quite liked looking at mermaids and selkies because mm-hmm. I wasn't actually planning to look at them, and then I, I was like, oh, this is actually quite interesting. Yeah, I really, really had fun with this topic. I, I really like it, um, and I'd like to know more. But we have to choose a different topic for next week. We so do. 
What are the numbers I need to choose from? Uh, one and twenty-nine. Wow, it's getting more and more. I will pick number twelve. Ooh. 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 What's it gonna be? Ooh. I like last time we did this. A uh, random US state generator. Yay! I love this. Okay, well you're gonna have to. Wait, where are you generating it? Are you generating it now? Right now. Oh my god. What's it gonna be? Better not be the same one as before. I can't even remember which one I did. Was it Oklahoma? No, no, no. What if it was Oklahoma? Random state generator. Mm-hmm. I need to. Right. Hurry up, Mark. <laughs> Ain't got no okay. Yours is Louisiana. We didn't do that before, Ooh, did we? Louisiana is going to be vampires. In the... Well, there's probably there's shitless in Louisiana. That's rape. Okay, yeah. And mine is. Connecticut. Oh, I don't know much about Connecticut at all. Neither do I. I don't even know where the fuck it is in America. No, I don't know anything about Connecticut, so that should be interesting. I don't know how you spell Connecticut, to be fair. Um, <laughs> how do you spell Connecticut? Uh, C-O-N-N-E-C-T-I-C-U-T, which is also not how you spell it. That is such a difficult word. And it changed yeah. the connectivity in my autocorrect, but fucking right. I've sent that to us on the WhatsApp so we remember what it is. So next week, guys, we're going to be doing um, myths, um, legends of the states of Louisiana and Connecticut, which I have no clue about. But if there's any listeners who know anything about Connecticut, I'm sure this will be like either boring to you or interesting and just tune in. Anyway, if you're a loyal listener, thanks very much for listening. And I will speak to you next week, Mark. Yes, indeed. Yay! And as we say, bye. Go shag and bye. Go shag and also bye. Man and bye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go and pick a fight with one of these blue men, and I'd have to travel to work to do that. So maybe not. <laughs> and I told you, it's very far on the train. <laughs> yeah, it's not worth it. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>